Now introducing the Minor Wisdom Trio! Minor Wisdom! Well, uh, I guess I'm bringing this thing back and uh, don't know how it's going to look, <laughs> but I have some ideas and I'm super excited to do this again. You know, I, I had to take a little bit of a break and I think I'm going to build in breaks uh, from here on out, but I first have to say how much I appreciate those people that initially, back when I stopped or thought I was stopping, turns out I was taking a break, but back then that told me how much they were going to miss the podcast and how much they enjoyed listening to it week to week to week. And to those people, I appreciate you and I, I don't know why you're listening. I mean, I, I know why, but I for me, you know, egotistically, I don't have a huge ego. Uh, I know some people might think different, but I really don't. Um, I actually try to protect my ego quite often, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But I I really appreciate those people that told me they'd miss it, and I really appreciate even more so the people that are excited when I kind of told some social media folk that I'd be coming back and doing this. I appreciate those people that said they were happy that it was coming back. And um, that that really is good food for the soul, I got to tell you. Now, uh, sidebar, the day I'm recording this, Friday, is the day that um, our Supreme Court made some decisions that are a little controversial. And uh, my head's not all there because I'm a, I'm a girl dad. And uh, I'm very nervous about where my country's headed as somebody that protects, tries to protect every bit of my children, my two beautiful daughters, um, I'm nervous. And not going to lie, a group chat of my family, my extended family, my way extended family, uh, is talking about moving to Portugal. And so uh, I'm not moving to Portugal. But, uh, you know, it's a scary time right now, and that's not why I want to use this podcast. But I thought I would you know, use my platform for the dozens and dozens of you that are currently listening uh, to just say that uh, I hope everybody is safe in how they react to the current situation that we are in. I did fill my tank up in my truck today for $100. That was amazing. So glad that it cost $100 to fill up my tank. So here we are. Times have changed, even in the short time that I've been away from this podcast. Now, full disclosure, once again, back to the topic at hand. This week, I have Rashunda Jones-Kumba, and she is literally the reason I'm bringing this podcast back. Uh, she's one of those people that I tried to get on prior to kind of closing up shop temporarily, and I never got her on. We just It just didn't work because of schedules and things. You'll find out she's a very busy person, and um, I get every other day with no kids or, or a class. But anyway, I digress. That's for you, Duga. But um, I, I ju we just didn't make it work. And then, lo and behold, Rashonda wins a Tony, as you do. You know, like that's what you do, right? To end your to end your school year, you just go off to New York and grab a Tony and come home. And uh, so it, it's amazing. It's not just amazing that Rashonda won it. It's amazing that Rashonda, like of all people, yes, of course, it should be Rashonda Jones-Kumba. And she has since, if you're not friends with her on Facebook, uh, maybe you've seen some things shared, but she has since uh, gone on to 
Texas, or excuse me, International Thespian Festival in Bloomington. Uh, she's going to be attending our retreat uh, that we have, the Thespian Board Retreat. Like, she's not slowing down uh, to do non-Texas educational things, if that makes sense. She's still doing her thing, and it's crazy. Um, there's just... I, she won a Tony. She, uh, uh, whatever. She is a, She is 25% on the way to... Uh, what is what is it that Jennifer Hudson got? The, the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar Tony, the, e, the EGOT. So she's she is 25% closer to that than we are. Okay? Okay. Uh, she Actually, if she were a baseball player, that would be almost Hall of Fame numbers right there. 25% of the time she's winning. So uh, good for her. You'll hear the chat with her. I do have to make one correction on my part. I'm just an idiot because I said in our speech or in our chat that uh, the Tonys were always held at the Radio City Music Hall. And I knew the I knew that was wrong. I, even when I said it to her, in my brain, I'm like, you idiot. You, you performed. <laughs> and I didn't perform. But I lit shows at the Beacon Theater which is where the Tonys were for quite some time. And if you've never been to the Beacon, or backstage at the Beacon at least, it is twiny, super twiny. Uh, Radio City's not huge in itself. They make it look big, but the Beacon is... <laughs> that doesn't work well on a mic. <laughs> nope, that's me whistling. It just sounds like air. Anyway, uh, also uh, Tony-related, at the end of our chat, I'm going to play Rashunda's speech from the Tony Awards. So uh, I I want you to stick around for that and listen to, it's it's I, I think it's two minutes or so. It's not very long, three minutes, but uh, she did give it uh, on the stage at the Tony Awards. So if you can picture it in your head, just do it. Now, speaking of picture, kind of a weird segue, but uh, I did think about doing some video podcasts, but I haven't gotten there yet. And I got yelled at by a former podcast interviewee, Mel, uh, about starting a Patreon. And this goes back to the ego thing I was talking about a minute ago. Uh, I don't know if my ego can take having just two, three people sign up for Patreon. What do you want to see? Like, I, like what, what, do I, what am I going to offer to you that you're not going to see me do at either big festival in November or TXETA in September or doing PD potentially for Texas Thespians the summer PD next summer or wherever I might be. Uh, now, I would love to start a Patreon and create content and get paid for it, uh, but I don't know what, what to do. Um, I'm creative and I've got video software and video technology and things like that. And obviously I have a microphone, but I don't know what I would offer to the Patreon. So if for some reason you have interest in something or ideas for me, shoot them out to me because honestly, unless I'm told, Hey, you should do this. I'm not going to do it. And, uh, there was something, there is something there. There are two things actually that are on the horizon that I shall not speak of, uh, but they may be just simply associated with this podcast. So Maybe I do create a Patreon, and they're only Patreon exclusive. So maybe that's a thing. I just talked through my thoughts. The last thing I want to talk about is are the shirts that I have available. And they're through Bonfire. So you can either go to Bonfire 
uh, com and just search up the Minor Wisdom Store, all one word. I'm going to also put the link in, in the bio for all of my pods probably for a while. But if you could go over and peruse the shirts, there are four shirts. A Minor Wisdom shirt, which there are many, many many options on those and I'm sorry if you don't like the colors you know I'll change them later but the reason behind the color choice is one uh, my daughters uh, chose some of them and two a lot of the colors they offer on this particular site don't have all the sizes so anyway there is a minor wisdom shirt long sleeve short sleeve youth uh, tank midriff for certain former administrators of mine, and a Shows Before Bros shirt, which is bringing that back. Sold that a long time ago. There is a Mama Drama shirt, so it says, Don't want to meet your mama, just want to teach you drama. <laughs> like Outcast. And then there is also an uh, Adjudicator, Hardly Knower shirt. So, hey, check those out. I would appreciate it if you purchased one. Again, the, you know, peek behind the curtain is that this podcast does cost money. Even though I do these chats on Zoom, there are expenses to the podcast. Um, I have sound equipment that wasn't free, and I bought a lot of it because I wanted to do a podcast. Uh, there is a website, hosting website for the podcast itself, and that costs money. So I would love, I don't need thousands and thousands of dollars. I would like thousands and thousands, but. I just want to sell a few shirts just to make uh, my, you know, zero out my year. All that being said, I am done talking. I want you to appreciate and enjoy this amazing chat with Rashunda Jones Kumba. According to my mom, <laughs> she says, <laughs> she's a, well, which, who is my biggest cheerleader? Um, she said I was doing this ever since I was a little girl because she says, I don't know, I think I was like three years old. And I really love Tina Turner. And she said I would have her put a pom-pom on my head and I would get like one of her shirts and kind of make it a dress and put on her heels that were way too big for me. And I would go around strutting around singing um, What's Love Got to Do With It. <laughs> and she said, I really, she said at that age, I, I knew you, know, you were a performer because she said I would do that. And then in the summers, in the summers, I would go to East Texas my mom is from Longview, Texas, and my dad's from Crockett, Texas. So Longview, I would go stay in Longview with like my grandmother and my cousins and my aunt because I'm an only child. So that was like going to have like brothers and sisters and family in the summer. So every summer I would go to Longview. But I remember uh, I would have all my cousins, like I would create these. This is when we were playing. I would create these little shows and I would record, we were recorded with a video camera and I would say, you play this part. And they all just followed my lead and you play this part. And my aunt brought that up the other day. And I was like, oh my God, I sure did used to do that. I recorded and we used to watch it and kind of like little variety shows. And those was like when Saved by the Bell and stuff like that was popular. So I used to create our own little versions of this and we were recorded and my cousins would just follow along. And <laughs> And so I, I, and so I really like whenever it stuck, like it became a part of me, is when I was in middle school. And it's always a, a great educator because I've had great educators along my path. So I was in middle school, and my theater, middle school theater teacher is named Marjorie Talachka, and I was in her speech class because in the country towns, I'm from Wharton, Texas, is like speech and drama, all of that's combined. 
So I was doing oral interp, like the UIL oral interp and prose and poetry and stuff like that. And I would do real well in those contests and competitions. And then I would do real well in her class. I remember getting outstanding speech student that year. I was thrilled. But she told me, she said, Rashonda, you're going to be the next Oprah Winfrey. I said, what? Really? And she said, yes, yes, I see it. I see it. I said, oh, okay. And so I was like, well, I'm going to keep this performing thing up. So when I got into high school, I was doing the speech and debate tournaments. And then I started getting involved into the plays. And then when I got involved in one act play, and I remember the first one that play I was in was Little Women. I played on March. And then we went, I don't know, this strand of we had zone back then, but I don't know we were at the, the, the first round of competition and I got all-star cast. And I was like, oh, I was like, this feels really, really, really good. And so that my theater teacher in high school, her name was Denise Knight, but it's now it's Denise Knight Moreno. And then she went to another school and then Ms. Mart and Ms. Talajka, who was my middle school teacher, came to high school. So I finished my high school career with my middle school teacher and I did all the shows and I was really active in, in the theater program. But I was not only active in high school, I was, and I guess it's kind of like a precursor to my life. I was so busy in high school in many different organization. I was in band. I played the clearing. I started band in the sixth grade and I did that all through high school. I was involved in student council. I was a student body president. I was also the class president of my class all the years I was involved in uh, future teachers of America. But I always knew I wanted to be an educator because I came from a family of educators. You know, summers in Longview, my aunt, my aunt Carolyn, they had year-round school in her, her district. And so she would take me to school with her. And so I would tutor and mentor some of her students. And she would teach, she taught special ed. So I would help tutor and mentor um, those students. And I really enjoyed doing that. So I knew I was going to be a teacher, but I thought I was going to be an English teacher. So that's why, even though I did theater and I love theater and all that, that's what my path was. I was going to be an English teacher. So I graduated high school and I went to Prairie View a &E, which is my Dad, my dad grew up, my, no, 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 he, he grew up in Cracker, but he went to Prairie View A&M. That's his alma mater. And so they didn't pressure me to go to Prairie View, but they were really happy when I, I made that choice to go to Prairie View. So I said, okay, I'm going to be an education major. I'm going to teach English, but I couldn't get theater out of my um, system. So I went to, I was in the part of the summer program. It's like a bridge program to college. It was called the Access Program. And so they we went to see um, during the summer, Mr. C. Lee Turner, who's a who's the director of the late C. Lee Turner. We went to see a Juneteenth um, production that was held in the black box. And I was blown away with the amount of talent that I saw on that stage. And up until then, I had never seen so many um, black and brown students, children on stage doing the same thing I love to do. Because I, when I was doing it in high school, it wasn't that many. It wasn't that many that looked like me that were doing it. But uh, but when I went to Prairie and I saw that, and I saw so so much talent on that stage, and it was so professional, I was like, well, I, I've got to be part of this. So I went to Mr. Turner, and I said, well, hi, I'm an English major, and he. Uh, English education major, and I would like to be a minor, do a minor in theater. And he he told me, he said, "Well, we have more hours than the regular minor." And I said, "Okay." I was like, "Well, I can do it. I, I can do it." And so I started that, 
And then he came to me, I want to say it was the end of that first semester. And he was like, well, Rashonda, well, why don't you teach something that you absolutely love to do? And then I, t- and I told him, I said, you're, you're right. That makes a lot of sense. And so, and then I switched my major and I never looked back. And he said, and then you can be, and he said, I'll mentor you. Um, and literally from that, I became like his right-hand girl and learning under him, learning under the greatest and just, and that's kind of set my path up for teaching. So that's how I switched, but it's always going to be a teacher, always education, but that's how I became a theater educator. And then as far as like directing and all that, that just kind of comes with the job. And so whenever I graduated, whenever I graduated Prairie View, I, um, in my hometown, is called there's a theater. It's called the Plaza Theater, and it's named after Horton Foote, who is from Warden. And the adult group is called the Footlighters, and the youth group is called the Lightfooters. So the Lightfooters were already like a part of the youth production, like of the like adult productions, and then they would have children involved in the production. And they were called the Lightfooters. But then I was like, well, why don't I start a summer camp just for the Lightfooters? So my friend Nathan Han who um, I met in high school, really my really dear bestest friend. Um, we met at speech tournaments. Like he was in El Campo and I was in where we met through like the tournament, speech and tournaments and one at play. But then he was like, yeah, you should do it. And so that, I want to say like in that spring, we directed Evita together and I worked with the kids and I was like, they should just have a show by themselves. And then he encouraged me to do that. And so that summer, I don't think it was the summer of 04, we, I started the, Lightfooter summer youth um, program. And so the kids from the community went and I worked with that for 11 straight summers. And then right now, and it's still going strong. I stopped after 11 summers because my schedule just got super busy. But now one of the Lightfooters who was in my very first show is now the director of the Lightfooters right now. So it's kind of like a full circle moment. And the program is still going on. It's still going strong in Warden. So I'm really I'm really, really proud of, of, of that, one of those things. And even in the city of Warden, during that time when I was working with the Lifers, they gave me a proclamation. And so June 28th, so this was like a long time. I think June 28, 2004 is Rashonda Jones Day in Warden, in Warden, Texas. And so we were so proud. My family was so proud of that. They were like, she got a proclamation, guys, for the work she's doing in the community. And so... That was that. So I started the Life for the Program. And so directing with that, which was really helpful in me getting my feet wet in, in, the, in the directing world and getting skills because you learn. I truly learn, truly believe you learn by doing. And so by doing that, I was getting better and sharpening my skills and being able to be a better teacher for my students. And whenever I graduated Prairie View, I enrolled while I was doing all of that, like the Life for the Program, I enrolled in the sort of so since I was a theater major, I had to get certified. So immediately after graduation, I enrolled in the certification program through Prairie View, but it allows you to student teach. And I really wanted that experience to student teach instead of just being thrown into the classroom. And so I student taught at Eisenhower High School with Mr. Freddie Buckland. And so he was my mentor, my mentor teacher, who had also been taught by Mr. Turner when he was in high school. Um, before Mr. Turner went to college, he worked in Acres Home, which is the same community I work, work in right now. But he worked at MC Williams. It was a high school back then. It was like junior, senior high school. And he worked there. And so Mr. Buckner was a student there. And he was a student of Mr. Turner. And Mr. Turner actually recommended me to go work under Mr. Buckner. And so I student taught under Mr. 
the book learned a lot. And then the year after that, I got a job at the middle school. Because when you student teach in Aldine, they guarantee their student teachers a job if there's an opening, which I think is really, really great. And so I worked at Shotwell Middle School for one year. Then Mr. Buckner called me and said, Rashana, there's an opening at Carver. You should go. And I was like, well, I've really had a successful year in middle school. I've got a lot of plans for next year. He said, do you know how many times high school positions come open? Uh, at that time, especially during that time, now it's a little bit more you get there. Jobs are more available. But back then, you get a high school job and people been in those jobs for 30 years. And it, you were like, is there an opening? And so I said, okay, well, I'll go interview. And then I walked into the interview. And then the principal, it was more like, hey, where are you from? Okay, here's the job. Here you go. We'll see you next week. <laughs> and so then that's how I came to Carver. And so Carver, and so Carver is a magnet school for engineering, visual arts, and performing arts. But whenever I got there, it was early in this magnet process and magnet phase. So in my mind, I was like, okay, well, this is a magnet school. This should be the uh, this should be the shining light uh, of the district. People should want to come here. Now, it's in in the magnet schools because some people think, oh my goodness, kids audition to come into the no, they don't audition to come into the program at Carver. They fill out an application and then they're in a lottery system. And so if they get picked in the lottery, then they they come to the school. And we also have a population of students at Carver that are homeschooled or who, who, who live in the community and then they come to Carver. So it's, it's, it, it's a different, it's, it's like a magnet mixed in with kind of like a regular school dynamic. And so, and that's where we work. So yes, we do get some a real population students oh, who really want it, but sometimes it's just a luck of a draw that they make the lottery. Sometimes their parents like, well, Carver is a safe, one of a, like pretty, cause we have a pretty safe environment at our school. So like some parents want their kids at a safe, a smaller campus. So um, when you, you know, you have that sense of community. And so, but that's kind of how you can become a, a student at Carver. And so I started there. My mission, I really wanted to build the program. I wanted to, to I wanted, to, I wanted it to be um, um, that performing arts school that you want to come to and, and learn from. So just started working and working as hard as I could. So I had plans and we started small. So I was the one who started the musicals at Carver. It wasn't a musical before. Then the dance, we had a really strong dance department and we still do. Uh, our, our dance department was late. She just retired this year. Her name is Sarita Salinas. And she just retired this year, but she was our um, performing arts director, kind of artistic director to kind of be in charge of cultivating the, the magnet program and so the dance program was really strong they had um like my first year there they did swan lake and different things like that and we had some theater students doing involved in that and so that was the only kind of experience so when i got there students were doing like a play and one act, of course one act play so i was like well we've got to incorporate musical we're a magnet school so we started with your good man charlie brown and it was the cutest little thing it was the cutest show ever but i saw those kids really, really loved it. And then musicals just have a, a way of bringing people together. So I was like, okay, well, we're going to continue doing this. And then so I think the next year, I want to say we did Annie. And then, then I found out about Tommy Tune Awards. And then I was like, oh, there's a competition or a, for a high school student that make a comment. I was like, well, this, I think this sounds fun. I said, anything, because that was a time you could go. And then even 
if you got no nominations, two students from the school can go and be in the open or the closing number of the event. I thought that was a really good, I was like, this would be a really good opportunity. So we entered the Tommy Tune Awards. We did Cinderella and we got one nomination. I think it was for like best orchestra. And those kids were like, whoa, we got Abby. <laughs> we got a best orchestra nomination. And so we were all so happy. And so then we were, we went to the Tommy Tune Awards and then just watching the shows and the, 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 the level of talent on that stage. And it was just a beautiful thing to see. And those kids were like, well, we can do that. We can do this. I said, well, yes, we can. Yes, we can. And so we just kept doing it and kept. And then I remember, and since then, we've had several Tommy Tune nominations, several wins, several Best Musical nominations. But I remember the first one. Our first Best Musical nomination was when we did um, the color purple and those kids I think it's a video so the kids were like running around the room they were just so happy they were like we made it we made it and so and, and when we did the color purple back then the how like our how musical like the the houses the audience it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and like right now the community expects it from us like they support us and they're 110 percent by us. But at the beginning, it wasn't like that. We had to build our audience base. But we were sold out. I want to say every night we did the Color Purple, we had to add shows for that musical. And there's been several shows like that now since the culture has been built. And we're in our school is located in the middle of Acres Home. And so it's kind of in that community, it's kind of like an arts desert. Like when we talk about food deserts and stuff, it's like an arts desert. So if and so what I really am proud of is that we have arts available in a community that needs it. And so because sometimes our kids don't have the resources to go out and get the outside training and, and go to different um, camps and stuff like that because they, they just can't afford it. And so I love that we have that right there in the community for students to be able to have access to and to be able to thrive and have the arts because the arts is so important. And so we did. Um, so we did the Tommy, and we still do the Tommy Tune Awards to this day. During, well, we're still in the pandemic. But during the height of the pandemic, it was last year, and I was like, "Well, I don't think we probably won't do a musical this year because everything's, you know, so tough, so hard." And so I had a really, um, I had a group of seniors who would not let that happen. They said, "Miss Jones, whatever it takes, let's do it. We'll do it." We'll get tested every week. We will wear the mask. And literally, they wore that mask. So we did the show in mask. And they did an awesome job. And I know it was hard singing in those singers' masks, but they did it. And they were like, we're not going to let the, we're not going to let the tradition drop, whatever it takes. And then that, and then I was like, look at the students. You know, you hope that you motivate them, but then here they are motivating you to keep pushing. And so we did it. And we had a full season during COVID. Uh, and so that just goes to show when students take ownership of something and take pride in what they do, like the um, you can just make the impossible happen. And so that was really I was like, I just that, that made my heart warm um, during that time because we just it was just a tough time for everything. It's a tough time for the students, tough time for the parents, ugh, tough time for us. And so they kept me moving forward. And so um, that's really kind of like my teaching. Yeah. Like my teaching journey. And so 17, 18, I've completed 18 years, 17 years at Carver, and then one year at the middle school. 
So that's kind of like my, my teaching journey. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And obviously we'll, we'll get to the, the elephant in the room about the Tonys in a minute, but, yeah. uh, I, I had a couple questions before you, before we get into that. So I know you, uh, I've known you for a while now, and I know you as someone that your plate has everything at the buffet on the plate. Uh, and that's a metaphor, obviously you, 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 you are involved with everything in a good way, but I got to know, uh, well, and also you're, uh, I guess it's almost a year now, but kind of newly married too. Uh, yeah, a little over a year. Okay. So congratulations. And, uh, so I got to know you, you have this ability to balance. <laughs> so what, what, how, what do you do? What's your secret? Cause there are people that are in our, in our business that are just as busy as you probably, but mm-hmm. they, they either don't have kids or they don't have a significant other or that, you know, it's like they're, they're a solo act. So they've sometimes have all the time in the world and they're kind of doing it because they want to fill up their plate. Uh, how do you balance your, job with being with TXETA, with being with thespians, with, you know, all these different, uh, and now, you know, having the husband, that's probably like, can you make some time for me? <laughs> you know, all this, uh, <laughs> how do you, how do you balance all that? What's your kind of secret to doing that? Uh, a lot of planning and to have a big support system. Now I couldn't do any of this without Jabari, Jabari, yeah, Jabari Collins, yeah, yeah. Without, without him. And so I think it is so important when you, when you can have a team member on your campus that you can work so well with, and then you know each other so well that you can make it happen. That is one thing to get a team. Now, I know everybody's not blessed enough to have more, like some people are solo act, but you know, it's just two people at our campus. I know some campuses are more, but if you can get somebody that you can work with and that you trust. And so you don't have to micromanage. You're like, uh, uh so you're like, if I know Jabari is in charge of something, I know it's gonna get done. And I, and it's gonna get done with right because he takes pride in every single thing that he does. But I always wanted to work with Jabari on this level. We went to Prairie View together. We graduated, we graduated together and everything. So whenever I first got to Carver, that they had just created the technical theater position. And so they had already hired somebody. They hired them, and then they hired, and then I think uh, after the first year, um, the technical theater teacher left, and then we, and then I wanted Jabari, and I was like, "Hey, my principal at the time." He was like, "Oh, but no, I have somebody perfect for you." I was like, oh, "Okay, okay." And then that person, um, I think, stayed a year, and then you know, went on to you know another another opportunity, and then it was like three and like two more people, and then finally. When we ever, you know, the program was building up and it was finally this open window. And then the last technical person um, left education and went into, went into a business career. And I was like, well, this is the perfect time. We've had some success. They should listen to me. And I walked into the principal's office and I was like, hey, I have the perfect person to, to be a clerk. And they were like, well, who? And I was like, wait, he's at Shotwell. He was at the middle school that um, that I had been at. And, I, and then I was like, well, can you bring him? You know, can you give him an interview? Well, he was like, yeah, whatever you want. I said, great. So I was like, now I got to go convince Jabari. <laughs> so I just showed up at his school. And, and I showed up at his school with, with a student. 
and a student was with me. And then I was like, hey, you know, we've got to open in a carver. He said, come on. And he's like, oh, you know, I think about it. I, I, I think I'm, I'm getting used to this middle school thing. And I was like, okay. And I was like, okay. Well, I was like, the offer is open. So then I want to say it might have been a week later or two days later. I don't know. Something happened at his school. It was just whatever happened. I'm glad it happened. And he was like, he called me. He was like, is this available? I said, oh, yes. And then, yeah. but whenever you have him on the show, whenever you have him on the show, he'll tell it way better than yeah. I. But he, it's a hilarious story. But then, he came and then it's been like we we really create magic together because we we and we built that working foundation in college because we worked together um, closely when we were in, when we were in college. So that's that's um, that's my story with Jabari. But yes, balance or balance. So you have to balance that. So having a great team and and not only you know sometimes you don't have the luxury to have a lot of adults. Anything. So your team, maybe team of students, we really encourage student leadership and that students take ownership of a lot of programs. For instance, I have one student, he still comes and helps choreographs our musicals to this day. His name is Denzel Taylor. But he started choreographing when he was a sophomore in high school. And he had a real talent, like visionary for things you give him you tell him what you want to give him an idea he will run with it so we really try to build that student leadership and when you have a great student leadership that takes stuff off of your plate and so we really build like what is your responsibility what is your skill whenever we create our board of officers like what is your skill because this is what you're going to be in charge of and when students take ownership of that that helps lighten the load as well right. and so so student leadership jabari and then my husband, he, whenever I met him, because I met him in 2016, the summer of 2016, I, I met him and, and I was like, you know, he knew nothing about theater. I was like, well, this is what, this is what it is. I, I, I'm busy, but I love what I do. And then, but he was like the first one who was so supportive of that. Like he would show up at shows and he would show, and like, even though he was like, okay, this is different, this is different for me. But then he started to be a fan and he was like, oh, this is great. And then I hear he would tell his friends about it. I would overhear him talking about being, oh yes, this is that. And he was just becoming, he was like the biggest cheerleader. And he was at all like the special events and special moments. And I was like, and I loved his support because he understood and he never made me feel guilty for um, spending a, a, a lot, like giving a lot to the kids and giving a lot to my job because whenever we're we have our time together it's very very special and so just having somebody who's understanding of that and he's been really really understanding of, of my super busy schedule yeah it sounds so support is pretty much the answer i mean that's yeah it's kind of oh, yeah. you, you just surround yourself with with just a good team of people yeah yeah good for mm-hmm. you uh you so you um uh you said you'd played clarinet am i am i saying that right i did yeah, yeah. i played the clarinet does yes. that does that kind of help you as a musical director does that make you you feel like that makes you a better musical director because you understand that side of the world too yes yes i think so and i think that's that helped me with like the musicality of the piece being all those years in band i definitely believe that that helps in that and i remember my um band teacher, Mr. Stites, he was always big on, I remember when you would do like the Phantom of the Opera uh, soundtrack and things like that, Indiana Jones, he was, he was big on those things, very dramatic and his, 
his presentation of what we were presenting. So Epi- yes, epic music. Have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. So, all right, I'm going to switch gears on the Tony stuff. And, uh, okay. I got to ask you, the first question is, cause everybody wants to know, did you already have that dress or did you go out and purchase a new dress? No, I purchased the new okay, dress. Of course, I knew the answer. I mean, I didn't know the answer, but I yeah. assumed. Yeah. <laughs> but I can tell you, I can tell you the story of the dress, how yeah. it came to be. Yeah, do so it. it <laughs> I went to Victoria, oh, Victoria Bridal. Shout out to Victoria Bridal. All right. And um, Helen. So Helen is the um, she makes the alterations there. Helen can alter anything. So if y'all go to Victoria Bridal, ask for Helen. So, but Maria and Helen helped me. So they. Um, I went and I had looked places, several places, and Victoria Bridal had the alterations on my wedding dress, and they added like this really exquisite piece to the back. So I was like, okay, well, if, so when I went there and I had used this dress, and it was that dress that I used, it was really pretty, but I needed, I wanted some things added to it. Like I, I wanted, like, oh, I was like, oh, I want this piece here. This is a little too low cut for me, for my liking here. Oh, can we add a strap back here? I want to make some things to the back. And then, so they did a little bit of it. And I was like, oh, and I went back and I was like, oh, I was like, it's good. And then, and then I told them, but I'm going to be on, on TV. I just want to tell the Tony. And they said, oh, on TV. <laughs> and I said, yes, I, I went to Tony for education. And they were like, she's going to be on TV. And then they just, <laughs> and then they just switched gears and they like, the, did the dress to perfection, fixed the little things. And then the last time that I went, which was like two days before I left to go to New York and I tried it on, I was like, Oh my gosh, y'all, this is perfect. And so that's, that's, that, cool. that's how it, yeah. That's funny. So, so they were <laughs> just, they were just working with you, not knowing the reason. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that <laughs> what I mean. And I was like, well, I said, I really, ha- I want it to be absolutely perfect. I was like, it's going to be on TPS. TV. And they were like, oh! Yeah. In, in high def, yeah, 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 yes. And then, and then they got the light. They found some light, and they yeah. were like, "See, this is how it's gonna look." That's funny. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. When you first said I went to Victoria, my mind immediately went. I thought you were about to say Victoria's Secrets, and I was like, "Girl, oh, you, I was like, that's that's a, that's a weird place to buy a dress." Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I yeah. Keep going. It looks like are you. Oh, no, 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 okay, no, okay, good. okay. I didn't know if you had more to that story, but that yeah, that's fun. Uh, it's it's almost like getting another wedding dress. I mean, you know the stories I've it heard. Is. The and you have, I'm sure, student former students that have attended these ceremonies and uh, up to that point have probably lived vicariously through those students. You know, I see former students and friends that like first time at the Tonys or first time doing this, and yeah. and they get they dress to the nines. You know, they yeah. they get it all. Um, so, yeah, I went to the Tonys and it was 2007 oh. with my with, with Nathan, but as an audience member, like yeah. we, we bought the tickets in the mezzanine and and then we were there enjoying it. So I had seen it before as an audience member, but this was a okay. totally different experience. How, how, well, that leads me to another question that I didn't think about, uh, but how, how many people because that because it changes, doesn't it? Or is it always in Radio City? most of the time it's been in Radio City, but it has been in some other locations. That's right. And I think this was the first time it had been back at Radio City since since COVID. Yeah. And so how many people there are not like related to, are they just, that are just audience members? How like, like percentage wise, like half the room? Oh, well, probably maybe 20% because like the the, the highest part, the mezzanine, like the top mezzanine, they have a, a select group of tickets. 
okay. that you can purchase. Okay. So yeah, that's open to the public. So even getting the public tickets is pretty, uh, that's probably not very easy then, I'm assuming. No, yeah. no, but you know, they were selling them through Ticketmaster this okay. year, but the ticket was 500, well, the $581 plus the taxes, like if you got it wow. through Ticketmaster. So it came out to like $696 and that was for one ticket open bar like what's i mean like no you get no. <laughs> nothing <laughs> jeez all right <laughs> that's it just to get in the door and sit down so what is what is uh well i'll ask you another fun question then i'll get into uh, some more of the serious tony questions but who did you meet oh. anybody i saw that you met billy um uh oh my gosh i'm blanking on his name Billy Porter. Uh, yeah, Billy Porter. Uh, yes, did you I, did you meet anybody that like floored you that you didn't think you oh, would meet? Yeah, it was a lot of people. Yeah, I okay. met. Oh, okay. So during this during the ceremony, I met. Well, during the because we go to a rehearsal, so right. during the rehearsal, this is where you see a whole lot of people. And so I met Samuel L. Jackson and his wife. Wow. Yeah. And and, and oh, Judas White. I met her she, during the rehearsal. Yeah. She was sitting right in front of me. And then she turned back to me. She was like, God bless you teachers. And I said, oh, <laughs> thank you. I was like, thank you so much. And, she, and then she told me, and I, I don't want you to have to carry a gun. And I was like, oh. oh I was like, no. <laughs> that's thank what she God. told me. No. <laughs> she grabbed my hand and told me that. And she's like, God bless you. And yeah. I said, well, thank you. And then I met Lawrence Fishburne during the uh because during the commercial breaks, like they can get up and go to the restroom right. and stuff. And Lawrence Fishburne came up to me and he said, my mother was a teacher. And he was like, God bless you teachers. And everybody had a teacher story. Yeah. So, which I thought was fascinating how like that teacher can inspire, inspire the next generation of right. greatness. And so I heard so many teacher stories that evening and I loved it. And so he told me how his mother was a teacher and he thanked me for what I was doing. And then Brian Stokes Mitchell and his wife, wow. I, I I met them and um, just a lot of a lot of people. Yeah. Um, Dominique Morisot, who's a playwright for Skeleton Crew, I met her. Yeah. Um, Kenny Leon. There's so many names. That's cool. Well, that's, yeah. Oh, on the red carpet, I got to take take a picture with Ariana DeBose. Okay. And she's so gracious. Yeah. I remember seeing her in Donna Summer, the musical. Uh, when she was, you know, before she you know, won her Oscar and everything. And I right. remember taking a picture with her. I gave the stage door. But that same girl who was in that Donald Trump music, that gracious, sweet person was still the same way yeah. after all her huge mega success The when I saw um, at the Tony Awards. Uh, did you, any former students there or no? That you know? No, of? not okay. out at the, at the awards. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. But, but I, I had some. I'm assuming you saw some when you were in New York, but. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. I I have some students in New York. One of my former students, her name is Amber Nicole, Amber Nicole Scott, and she's up there trying to make it as an artist. Yeah. And and she she does a lot of work. She's a beautiful singer. Boy, she's getting ready to release her album. And she was in high school. She was like one of the finalists on The Voice okay. and got really really far. And so she's doing a lot of that work in New York. But she came and did my makeup the the, <laughs> the day of the day of the show. So she came and did my makeup. And then I have another student up there and we went out to lunch. So I tried to connect with as many as I yeah. could while I was up there. How, how long were you up there? I got up there that Thursday and I was uh, Thursday and then the Tonys were Sunday. And then I left Monday afternoon. Well, Tuesday, okay. Tuesday. How I much, was, how much of your time spent up there was Tony related and how much of it was 
let's just go to New York and take advantage of our time up there. Uh-huh. So Thursday was really like time. Thursday was really that day. But yeah. Friday and Saturday was like little events because um, Carnegie Mellon University, right. they sponsor, they are part of the sponsors with the Broadway League, with the American Theater Week for the uh, the Tony Awards. So it was different events that Carnegie Mellon was hosted hosting that I went to. And then, so that was like that day before the Tonys, I went with to, to Moulin Rouge um, with the Carnegie Mellon staff. And then it was a dinner that evening. And then that next day was like rehearsals. And, but other than that, I was free to do whatever I needed to do. Oh, and then I had to go get the COVID testing because they were really, right. that the COVID product, protocol to get in there was really strict. Yeah. So we had to have it literally like it had to have a PCR. It couldn't be a rapid, but you had to have it like exactly a certain time before right. the awards. I had to make sure I had to find a place to do that and get all of that done. Yeah. 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 What is, uh, what is a part of the experience that you will never forget? That's going to go with you to your grave. Uh, the, I love my favorite part was the rehearsal Yeah, because you have all of the, the, the celebrities that are being honored and they're in their most comfortable environment, comfortable clothes is informal, but they're going through the rehearsal process. And just to see um, the work ethic and see what they were doing around, that was just so inspiring. And just to see how much it takes for something like the Tonys to happen. Cause I was watching like the stage hands, the stage crew, like, like what was all happening. So it was such a learning um, experience for me to just see what all it took just to make that, one night happened so i really just enjoy being in that rehearsal environment are, are you are you gonna go back to carver and like produce a musical and ever yell out like this isn't how they do it in the, in the, the tonys this <laughs> 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 uh, isn't how they did it yeah uh that's funny yeah good i mean that that's when you so you posted some stuff on social media and I think uh-huh. you posted you posted a picture of uh, Hugh Jackman at the rehearsal. Yes. Um, and I th- I immediately thought too, I was like, how cool is that that she's seeing that side of the th- the the world, you know? And mm-hmm. it's one mm-hmm. thing to see it when it's when it's happening and the performance is happening, but that performance is probably rather fluid, and 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 you almost don't see any of the the work being done as much as you would at the rehearsal, and so. I, I was envious of you just from the rehearsal. Like I would have just wanted to see how that worked, but that's really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. How did the, cause I, I don't know too much shame on me, but I don't know too much about the, how the award itself, how you are nominated and then uh, uh, rewarded the award. How did all that reveal happen to you uh, oh. bef- before you went there? So, First, I didn't know I was nominated for this at, at all. Yeah. So it was it was May 19th. It was a Thursday. And so my principal calls me on the phone and she says, I have some important people on the phone. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, okay. I was, it was one or two things. I was like, it was something I was in trouble for that I didn't know I was in trouble for. Or... It was performance because our district always has us performing at different events. So I was like, okay, or either this is last minute performance that we have to get ready for. So I was like, okay. So I was bracing myself. And then she was like, they're on the line right now. And then they're like, this is the Broadway League and the American Theater Wing. And my mouth like dropped. 
and they were like, congratulations. And they were telling me about all of this. And it was like a blur in my mind because I was like, what is happening? Is this really happening? And then they said, okay, and then we'll be in touch. And we'll be, um, there's somebody from Carnegie Mellon um, Marketing. They will be at your school next Wednesday. Oh, okay. And they will be giving you a call. And so literally when I found out that Thursday, then it was just like, oh, a whirlwind. And they were at my school the Wednesday. And that was the day before we got out. That was our day before the last day of school. And then so we got kids together just to make sure we were on half days. So I was like, hey guys. And they were like, oh yeah, we're staying for that. And so they interviewed, interviewed kids. They interviewed us kind of, kind of me in the classroom. And then that's how it happened. And then Jabari, because Jabari nominated me. Jabari not got the kids together and they all nominated me. But Jabari didn't even know that. I I had received it because they went through the principal. And so they had called the principal months in advance, was telling, you know, telling her I, I made it to this round and this round and this round. And they finally told her I made it into the top five. And then they called her when they was like, okay, she received it. And when can we schedule to tell her? So she had been holding on to this information for a while. And so that's, that's how it came. That's how it came to be. That's great. That's a fun story. Good for your principal. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> if yeah. if your principal had a theater background, that secret would not have stayed in her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she yeah. she said that was the biggest secret I ever had. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's intense. Yeah. Good for her. Uh, how, how do you feel this is going to change you kind of in the classroom or, you know, as a director or is it, are you just going to kind of keep going or is it going to, I mean, you're not going to like put it on a crown and wear it all the time like you know <laughs> nothing, no <laughs> nothing like that yeah you have humility but like how do you think that this kind of experience is going to you know far from the the seeing the professionals doing things I you know I know that you will inherently gra- gravitate towards some of that but I mean just as far as an educator does this it gives you more energy uh to 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 be the best that you can be and all that but how will this uh, affect you now going forward? Good question. I kind of thought about this, but I think with getting with getting this award, you were kind of given a platform, and so with this platform, I just want to. I still want, I still want to teach, but I also want to advance arts education, especially in places where it is not easily available or or where it's not valued because the arts truly, like Mr. Turner always said, the arts of theater changes the world. And it really, really does. And it teaches so many life skills that I think is a shame that it's not offered everywhere. So if I could just use my voice to help advocate for arts education in more places, I think, I think it'll make the world, it will make the world a better face. So that's, that's what I want to make sure that I kind of step into that advocacy role a, a little bit more into having arts education more accessible to the, to the world. Yeah. Good for you. And, mm-hmm. and then I want to get you out of here on this cause I know it's uh dinner time at ITF. Uh, so I, I got to ask about Mr. Turner. Um, what, cause I know he, he was a huge rock and influence for so many uh, people black, brown, white, everybody. Anybody, Um, yeah. Yeah, Uh, doesn't matter who you are. But what is something that he taught you 
outside of theater and education that you use almost in your day-to-day life that is just a life skill? And, and you don't have to narrow it down to one. If, if there are a handful of them, uh, what are, what are, what's one thing or a couple of things that you have taken with you now just uh, throughout your life? One of the biggest thing is he taught is for, for you to be your, for me to be my authentic self. And you don't have to change who you are for anybody. You stick to your truth and you stick to your beliefs and you'll be your authentic self. And also don't be afraid to speak up and don't be afraid to speak up and advocate because if you don't speak up, then the change won't happen. And he was a big person. He was a change agent. And he always would, you know, he always would fight for us to just to, to be have that seat at the table. And, and and if you don't have a seat, create your own. And so he just really motivated and instilled that sense of leadership in you to go out and tackle the world in whatever field that you, you know, that ended up with. So um he was a just he was he was fierce, and but also had a sense of compassion, like like no other. And he always wanted to help people become better. I also learned the value of community service and giving back through him because that's I saw that I saw that he practiced what he preached all the time. And um, those are some of the I've learned way more than that, but those are some of the big things. As promised, here is the speech that Rashonda gave at the Tony Awards. Please enjoy. Each year since 2014, when the Excellence in Theater Award was co-founded, we receive hundreds of entries from across the nation, impassioned endorsements from students past and present, along with peers from the arts community in Houston, helped make this year's winner, Rashonda Jones Kumba, of G.W. Carver Magnet High School, a standout. Let's take a look at this outstanding educator. Ms. Jones deserves this award because she encourages us to be our very best every day. Being here has helped me grow as a person. Ms. Jones has taught us that it's important to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. You have changed the lives of so many people. Am I proud of Ms. Jones? Is that even a question? I'm proud of you, Ms. Jones. Come on. She deserves this award just for being a nurturing person, more than just a director, more like a family member. I want the best for every single student that walks through my door. I want them to know that the sky is the limit, that they can be anything that they want to be. We are, we're honored to present the 2022 Excellence in Theater Education Award to Rashonda Jones Comba. In the words of poet Maya Angelou, my mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive. I wish to thank the American Theater Wing the Broadway League, and Carnegie Mellon University for this distinguished honor. My heartfelt thanks are also extended to my parents, my husband, Gene, 
my theater partner Jabari Collins, my family, mentors, and the late Clarence Lee Turner. To the Aldine Independent School District, Mayor Sylvester Turner, and the Acres Home community in Houston, I say thank you for being a champion for the arts. Most importantly, I wish to thank my students at George Washington Carver Magnet High School, Panther Players, True 6753. You are my inspiration and my reason why. The arts, especially in black and brown communities, provide the fertile soil with which our students flourish. We must continue to enrich them with our love and a passion for the arts, which shows them that even the unattainable is possible. I accept this award for all the arts educators who work tirelessly to ensure that their students have a safe space to be seen and heard. And as Maya Angelou reminds us, do it with some passion, some compassion, some humor, and some style. Thank you again, and God bless. My new wisdom.